friends, and welcome to Thank You for the Music, the ABBA podcast you never knew you needed. We're your hosts, Lauren and Julie, and you're listening to Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. From your Rhythmics 1983 album, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. or these these this the title is this this in the song it's these i like like how i say these. it to spring all the time i go miss spring you will love these <laughs> i love that lauren what, what, what first before we get into anything do you know why this song is so meaningful and significant to us in particular is this like a newlywed quiz oh yeah <laughs> actually yeah is, is it because you wrote it on my whiteboard that one time no think back think back before college oh yeah high school yeah that one year we spent together well that narrows it down <laughs> you want me to give it to you yeah i don't remember i'm a goldfish okay so i think that this song has great meaning and great significance to you and I in particular because I believe it is the song and the moment that we cemented our friendship together. Or maybe it was a week after we cemented our friendship together. It's great that I don't remember this at all. <laughs> okay, so you remember you remember the one time we invited you over to our house and it was secretly like our birthday or whatever? Yes, I remember that part very vividly. Well, so maybe that was the part that we cemented our friendship. Yeah. But then, like, two weeks later, we went to another friend's house for their kind of birthday get-together thing. And that's when you and I lip-synced to this song and did, like, a little dance or something at the same time. And I couldn't figure out how to lip-sync and dance. And so I was failing, but you were rocking it. I think that was the next year. Was it the next year? I think I only went to her house once. I remember going once when you guys were already in college, I think. Was that it? We slept on the floor and you got sick, like your stomach hurt or something? No, I had strep throat. <laughs> <laughs> I had strep throat, so I went, but I, I just, I couldn't talk, so I lip synced. I do remember doing the lip sync. You're right. Oh my God. Because <laughs> we were all trying to find the song yes, to lip sync. Yes. And you and I were like mutually like, we're, this, this is, is our song. song. We're doing it. We have to do oh, it. I forgot that so. we did like lip sync karaoke. Yeah. Oh, that was really fun. We should do that. Again. It was awesome. Oh, thank you for sharing that really nice story, Julie. I didn't remember that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I remember our milestones in our relationship. Um, my first memory of this song is that it was when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, I think. Someone did this song as a Winter Guard show. Yes. And and when they sang like "Hold Your Head Up, Moving On," they had like this like half of a rectangle prop that two people like pipes basically had drapes on it two people held it and they ran across the floor mm. as people were tossing and they like did the pipe underneath the toss as it was in the air that sounds amazing yeah special moments with this song lauren do you want to get into the history i already gave the history of us in this song that's true that's a good point so I actually just learned today, Julie, that Annie Lennox is one half of Eurythmics. Yeah. I did not know that. What? I know. Can you believe it? I can't. So who's the other half? 
Dave Stewart. But, like, who cares about him? Whatever. It's all Annie Lennox. <laughs> She's an icon. Yeah, so that was news to me. They had originally been a part of a band called The Tourists and formed Eurythmics after The Tourists had broken up. They were also previously in a relationship with each other, but they had split by the time they formed the duo, which is kind of an interesting dynamic to have, but from lovers to co-workers, I guess, is not uncommon, but... It's like our story. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. They had originally released a song as the fourth single from their album Sweet Dreams, or Made of This, in 1983. And, rumor has it, the song was born out of curiosity and obsession with a burgeoning music technology. The synthesizer. The synthesizer. The duo had become obsessed with electronic music and bought synths to play around with. And when um, Dave Stewart made a beat on one of them, Annie Lennox was like, what was that? I And then she just started like playing around with the other one. And so the idea of like these two synths kind of dueling kickstarted the idea of, for writing the song. Was it just two? It sounds like more than that. I think that there's more than that, but it at least started with the two. It started with two. Gotcha. Interesting. As far as the lyrics go, Annie Lennox explained that they were indicative of the tough time she was going through after the Taurus had broken up, as if she was living in, like, a dream world, kind of hopeless and, you know, aimless. Stuart thought that the lyrics were too depressing, and he's actually credited with adding Hold Your Head Up Moving On to the song to brighten it up. That's my favorite part. Me too. I think that that's uh, it's a funny story. It's interesting, though. Something that Stuart said was that their record company didn't think the song was suitable to be a single because it didn't have a, a chorus in it. Yes, and that's something I want to talk about, too. Because a lot of, of um, new wave style music, which is the style of Eurythmics music, a lot of new wave style music is irreverent in some way right it's it's meant to not be corporate and commercial it's meant to be underground and experimental um so in that sense like of course the song is structured the way that it is and of course it doesn't have a chorus but yeah i think it's it's funny that they're like nah it's not gonna do it's not gonna do well why you know it doesn't it doesn't have that commercial spark to it that people want to hear on the radio it doesn't fit the mold it doesn't fit the mold, right? But the point is that it doesn't fit the mold. Mm-hmm. But I guess people resonated with it, right? Of course. Right. And then I would say the same thing with the music video that they did for it. Oh, oh yeah. Did you watch it? I did, yeah. It's very abstract. It's good. A lot of a lot of the comments on the video were about the cow. <laughs> and what's that cow doing in it? But yeah, it's it's very interesting. They they kind of have Annie at the forefront which is obvious but um but yeah it's got some weird scenes in it that don't really make sense but it makes sense if it's a dream which I think is what they were trying to capture with that song yeah yeah kind of the uh, absurdity of dreams and Mm -hmm. in the also the absurdity of reality so yeah so I think it's cool that they were kind of like this isn't going to be a good single and then it ended up being their most popular single Right. It reached number two on the UK singles chart and number one on the US uh, Billboard Hot 100, which in the UK was blocked from number one by Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart, which is another banger. Oh, that is a tough one to beat. Yeah. Yeah. 
I could see that happening where you don't have one of these abstract or um, I'm trying to think of the word not unique, but mm, it it makes sense to me that the the record labels, you know, the radio stations, they'd be a little bit more tentative to play something so abstract and and let it reach the the top of the charts. Mm-hmm. People have to get used to it, but right, right, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. And then also after the, the success of Sweet Dreams, they did re-release another one of their singles, Love is a Stranger, um, to capitalize on their success, which was smart. Very smart. And I think it ended up doing better than it did the first time. So that song is actually really good. You know, I can't think of that song right now. I listened to it today. Nice. Also, can we talk about Annie Lennox's image too? Yes. Yes. Okay. This is something that was like, I I think that part of their success comes from the fact that the music video was so crazy and that Annie Lennox was dressed very androgynously that people were drawn to it for some reason. And so, of course, then the song got popular. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, her image is really, really cool and very fascinating. And, and, it, and it comes back to that like irreverence, right? It's like, yeah, I'm a woman in a band, but like, I'm going to dress this way because I don't care about the male gaze. I don't care about how men are going to perceive me if they're going to think that I'm, uh, like, if they're going to sexualize me in any way Mm -hmm. or anything. Like, that's not my intention. My intention is to be absurd and to make music. Right. And she also wears the pants. Yeah. She's a boss. Mm Mm-hmm. She's a boss. Right. Because it's not just about her wearing a suit, but it's also her haircut and her makeup and Mm -hmm. just all the, the pieces together it's very cool right she's she's not going to conform to any labels or stereotypes or anything like that no no exactly good for you annie good for you good for you annie i really i really like that i thought that was fun that's a beautiful thing i agree do you have any other history you want to share anything else you want to talk about about the song I didn't really write this down, but something that we should mention is that it's been covered like a hundred times. Probably more. Actually, probably more than that. A million times. A million times. Yeah. Lauren, when is our cover coming out? Um, we already performed it live. It was the silent cover. Oh, that's right. The best one. Why Why do you think that is? Why do you think people cover this song so much? I think people cover this song a lot because the message of the song can be applicable to many different situations and different times time periods different years and what's going on out in the world and I think you can kind of meld it to whatever you're feeling in that moment and actually I was going to bring this up during my review portion but there was also I I know you you mentioned that this song was kind of about the unhappy time when the tourists broke up and Eurythmics was kind of starting off. Um, But there was actually another way of looking at it that I believe was included in the information booklet Mm. in their uh, their 1983 album, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. And it said that the song is about life as it is Mm -hmm. and saying that here we are in our existences, we're trying to make sense of everything and just try to survive. And um, also the, the line, you know, where it says some of them want to use you, some of them want to get used by you. It's kind of indicative of the people that you run into during your daily life. They're not all going to be great people. So, right. Yeah. And hold your head up, you know, keep your head up moving on. It means you have to deal with all these obstacles and you just have to push through it. So 
I think it's it's very applicable to different instances for different people. That's a really good take. Thanks. Now I used it up <laughs> before my review. No. <laughs> I think also it's like, it's a relatively simple song. Like the lyrics are relatively simple. The singing is relatively simple. The, the synth notes are relatively simple. And it's very repetitive. So it seems like it's something that you could learn one chunk of and repeat and... If you're a moderately successful band, you can play this song and everyone's going to instantly recognize it. So it's a good like kind of in-between song to play at a live show or something to get people hyped up because people are going to love it and and be able to sing along and and really get into it. Absolutely. Lauren, we've been talking about this song, but I want to know your thoughts on it. Oh, do you? What, what, what score would you give me? Out of what? Out of 10. If 10 was Chromatica and 1 is Achy Breaky Heart by <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus, how would you rate this song? Okay. So before I really like dove into this song earlier today, I was going to rate it lower than I rated it just now. Partially because like... It's just a song that exists on the periphery of my life, right? It's it's an iconic song. Sometimes it feels like it's overplayed, but it's one of those things that like everyone knows, so you kind of take it for granted as being a good song and not just like a commercial song or a really popular song. However, after reading about it and listening to it a lot and learning about it in detail and having a better understanding of its place in the musical canon, I am going to rate this a 9.4. Whoa, Lauren. Even after I just poured my heart out to you and said how meaningful this song is and it cemented our friendship together. <laughs> Julie, I, I didn't know this was our song. Oh my gosh, you knew it was our song. <laughs> We've had so many songs. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, that's great. That's a good score for it. Because what, what did you rate it before? Um, I probably would have rated it like between an eight and eight and a half. So nothing like super low, right? It's not me and Bobby and Bobby's brother. No, it's not. And I, I would be offended if you said that. But to me, it was like, it's a good song, at, at least before. To me, it was like, it's a good song, but it's not chromatica. It's not something that I'm like, I need to listen to this right now kind of a song. But I have a better understanding of it now and I really like it. Interesting. I would put it under that category. I rated this one a 9.7. I love it. Woo! I like it. I like it. It just, it gets me pumped up. You love it. You love it. I love it. Admit it. Woo! Well, yeah, I mean, it, it brings me back to, you know, those days back in high school when I was young and all that good stuff. And I think my dad actually... I think he introduced this one to us, but he, he kind of introduced us to some of the new wave electronic kind of music. But yeah, I, I like it. it. It gets me pumped up. It's kind of really thunderous beat. I like that. The beat is hypnotic to me, I think. I specifically wrote down that it feels like tetherball, the beat. Because um, every time the bass hits, it feels like it's like returning a serve or something. So like the ball is swinging around the pole between those bass hits. Mm-hmm. There's something like really kind of slow and, and revolutionary about the music between those big. Um, so that's that was kind of my analogy is that it feels like it's like tetherball. Yeah. Or tennis or something like that. Like Interesting. But yeah, it's like hypnotic in that way. I get what you're saying. I could see this still being popular in Euro discos. Mm-hmm. This one comes on and everybody goes out of their minds. Yeah. And Annie Lennox, her voice, it's iconic. But in this song, it's almost kind of a warning. It's very ominous. 
Yes, and it's kind of echoey too. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think the the fact that it's not it's not like recorded on a super professional studio microphone that really plays to an advantage, where it's it makes it seem ominous and like kind of like a microphone announcement or something. It doesn't sound perfect. The recording of it, right? It sounds bigger than it is. Yes, yes, imperfect. Bigger than it is. Yep. And I think it's kind of like a, a warning about life. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Her voice is beautiful, but it's also kind of terrifying. And hypnotic. And hypnotic. The part I wanted to talk about, because I, I could see it kind of both ways, is the oohs and ahs in the background. Mm-hmm. I can take it two different ways. One way, it kind of sounds like a, a maniacal laugh. Like an evil laugh. Oh, the... <laughs> It's a little spooky. And then the other the other way I could see it is kind of a wailing sadness. Ooh, exasperated. Yes. Yes. Just yes. like like at your wit's end. Like, bleh. Right. That's how I can see it going in those two different story message directions that we mentioned before. I mean, it could be both. Exactly. So the lyrics of it you said it before they are pretty simple but the my favorite part is the most uplifting part the hold your head up keep your head up moving on mm-hmm. and even though this is the most uplifting part i think the piano creates a drama yes when it comes in because i think that's the only time when you actually hear the piano or it, it makes its presence known it's very staccato it's very uh i'm gonna butcher this one but Forte Sismino? Forte Sismino? It's very strong and loud. Oh. It's Italian. I don't speak Italian. <laughs> I don't speak English. So, <laughs> but um, but that part, it's very strong. It's very loud. And I think that is supposed to emphasize that message of hold your head up. Keep it up. You got to keep moving. You know, life's not going to wait for you. So you just got to keep moving on. So. And it's also really powerful how different that section of the song is from the rest of the song musically as well as message wise right Mm -hmm. um like it's got the the weird little like cup sounds i guess it sounds like glass it sounds like someone's tapping a glass with like a drumstick um in the background is it a triangle i don't think it's a triangle it sounds more glass an idiophone it sounds like a glass cowbell almost that's what i thought i thought it was cowbell but i thought no the, the sound isn't that round yeah yeah, it's, it's some kind of idiophone, which is a musical instrument that creates sound primarily by the vibration of the instrument itself without the use of airflow, strings, or membranes. Wow, you got all the facts today. Finally. I love the song. I love the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so like, I think it's also probably playing off of the piano and synth dynamic too, right? Like having this electronic music for the for the beginning part for the sweet dreams part that feels uncomfortable in like an uncanny valley sense and then breaking into the part where it's like hold your head up moving on it has instruments that we're familiar with and sounds that we're familiar with and comfortable with um and playing off of that that dynamic yeah that's a really good point the dichotomy between the unfamiliar and the familiar between like a synth that's trying to be like a piano and an actual piano Right. That's a hot take. Thank you. And like the the peppy upbeat like cowbell cup whatever that sound is. Hold your head up, moving on. Keep your head up, moving on. 
Maybe it's just a hi-hat. It could be. It sounds different, though. It sounds like a wind chime, almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a chime. Maybe it's a chime. It could be a chime. It could be a chime. A chime played with a drumstick? Mm Mm-hmm. That's why I was thinking triangle, but yeah, because it sounds metal. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right, though. Interesting. So I guess in relation to that, the the most important part of this song for me is the synthesizer, and I think that's the point of the song. Like it's turning the idea of the synth from being something that you use to like supplement your songs or as a stand-in for other instruments into the instrument of the song and the highlight of the song. Yeah, it's the star besides Annie. Oh, but yeah, definitely. I I really I love the synth in this. I love what they do with it between you know the computerized bass um the computerized beats and the more common kind of just synth runs that they do throughout um especially right after the hold your head up moving on keep your head up moving on and it goes i can't go that deep <laughs> that part that part is yeah is really really good and it, it kind of serves in the same sense um like the piano glissando that we just talked about in a uh, he is your brother it serves as a really like hard and i don't know just like a, a really solid signifier at the end of a section of the song into the next section of the song it's like a lighthouse yes exactly it tells you hey we're done with this piano right that's like doing some nice notes there and we're moving back into this synth land yeah it's a really good transition it is this is a good song it is a good song right i've you know after listening to this i've been getting just today just getting really into some new wave synth pop music Ooh, it's really good overall one of the best songs of all time i mean i think that's pretty evident in in its commercial success yeah i think it was i was reading a a Rolling Stones article about the 500 greatest songs of all time from, from 2009. <laughs> so a little dated, but... Oh, yeah. Pre-Chromatica. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this song was, I think it was around like 350, 355. Wow. What was the number one? Uh, I didn't get that far. Oh. You had to keep loading it, and I was getting annoyed. Oh. So I was like, let me find this. I would agree. I think this song has actually made me sit down and think about songs in a different way like it it forced me to think about songs in the sense of like them as kind of time capsules of what's happening in the world um or happening in people's personal worlds kind of like like history right like looking at history through a lens of music is really really interesting and understanding that this is more new wave and where new wave came from and where new wave went so i i like that it's irreverent it doesn't conform to anything that we think of as a song from the instruments to the lyrics to the structure it's all unconventional and was pretty unique in in the first of its kind when it was released but i don't even think it rhymes It doesn't even have like a rhyming scheme, right? So all of those things point to you don't have to have any sort of confirmation or conformation to be able to be a really successful song and for people to really like your music. I think that's powerful. This is a powerful message. Good one, Lauren. Thanks. You too. I just agree with what you said, which is what I normally do. So (laughs) (laughs) I think there is there is a slight rhyming scheme. Who am I to disagree? Travel the world on the seven seas. Yeah. But it's not It's not traditional. No. No, no, no. It's actually A-B-B-A, Lauren. No. It's A-B-B-A. Well, the A's don't match. So it's like A, 
BBW, but whatever. Yeah. ABBC. Man! But even then, like, people would say, you know, you have to have a chorus in your song. You have to have a chorus that's catchy. You know, you have to have a rhyming scheme for it to be a catchy song for people to to want to sing it and for it to get stuck in people's heads. But, like, you don't. You don't at all. And this song proves that. Well said. This is a great episode. The bonus episodes are so good. They are. I can't wait till we get to better episodes. (laughs) I know. I was going to say, every when we get to, to Waterloo, Super Trooper visitors every song's gonna be a a bonus episode yeah what do you say julie you want to take a break yeah i'm ready for a break and then we get back we'll just dive into our pb and jams for the week yeah because i got i got nothing happening this week no we don't do what's happening this week oh that's right that's right we spend a long time on the song don't we we spend longer (laughs) (laughs) well cool um yeah if you're enjoying the show make sure you join our patreon but if you're listening to this, you've already joined. So tell your friends to join. And uh, we've got some fun exclusives on here, some early releases of episodes, bonus content, stickers, and a lot more. And you can find us and tell your friends about us. And uh, tell them to go look at patreon.com tyftm. Yeah, tell them they should become one of our Swedish meatballs. <laughs> now back to the show. What's happening this week is that we're going to tell each other what our PB and Jams are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're just going to dive right into this PB and Jam because we got some, I feel like we got some good vibes going. I think we do. Did you struggle this week? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. I didn't struggle. I'll go first. You got the biggest grin on your face. <laughs> <laughs> You're I, I happy. Love, I, excited. I love this song. So, my PB and Jam for this week is called Jupiter by Donna Missile. And I'm keeping with that futuristic new wave synth theme. And this one is not a pun, but it's atmospheric and it's kind of a, a throbbing electro pop single that that is really incredible, I think. Um, and it was co-written by Donna Missile and Sharon Van Etten. Mm-hmm. She's a pretty widely known artist, known songwriter, a bunch of Grammys, that sort of thing. And Donna Missile said that the song is about first love and remembering um she said it reminded her of driving through her hometown of new jersey and feeling all these kind of rush of feelings all at once it's got some fat synth i really like it it does like i said before it's got synths in it it's got piano guitar and of course donna's muted yet powerful vocals um she gives the song just enough emotion without feeling fake i think and mushy gushy yeah and i i know that the song's name kind of it comes across as as out there but it actually comes from the demo of the main synth that you hear that's featured on the song but i thought that it could also be a nod to some of these out of world or unfamiliar feelings that she's experiencing in the song you know first love it's something you don't feel too often and and once it hits you it really knocks you out out of this world so 
Um, and this was featured on her debut album in 2018 called This Time. And it was, I really enjoyed that album. I thought it should have been nominated for a Grammy or something. But there are a number of songs on there that I highly recommend um, you all should go listen to, like Test My Patience, Metal Man, Transformer. And of course, I think this one's probably her most popular. It's called Keep Lying. And that one's kind of a futuristic femme fatale kind of imagery. I really like her a lot. It's really good. Thank you. I like it a lot. I've never heard it before. Like, I've never heard anything like it before. Me neither. The the synth feels very, like, 80s space. It feels, like, Blade Runner-y. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner-esque. I mean, Blade Runner isn't a space movie, but sci-fi, I guess. So it kind of plays in with the, the title Jupiter in that way, too. Yeah. I think you should also listen to Metal Man. Okay. That's another good one. How'd you find her? I don't know. I think she was on kind of an alt uh playlist on spotify and i was running through the songs and then stopped on keep lying Mm -hmm. and was completely blown away by her voice and then i watched a video of hers on youtube of her singing it live and it's so raw like she hits a whistle tone and her voice almost cracks but it's it's so rough and gritty and raw and it's great that's awesome what's your pb and jam of the week lauren oh julie mine is sticking with the early 80s synth theme of the week and it is the song relax by frankie goes to hollywood no way It is. It is. Oh my gosh. Which in its day was pretty controversial and still is to some extent um, because it's it's sexually explicit, but that's not the thing that I love about this song. It probably comes as no surprise that I love the synth layers. Absolutely love the different voices and the different little quips present in the song. Um, so it starts off with some like wispy little synth chords sounding almost like strings and then it breaks with a driving thick bass synth sound and there's a little cowbell riff in the background that's fun uh i love the slightly off echoes in the chorus it's not like quite call and response but more of like an echo to to build those layers I did write one note down here that just says bomb, bomb, bomb. And I don't remember specifically which part of the song that is. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Does he say that or do you hear a bomb, bomb, bomb? I think that there's like backing vocals that say it. Oh, try 113. There's some synth bass in there that kind of goes. I think, well, that part is the like, wow, that I, I, I also wrote that down. Oh, is it a wow or is it more of a No, wow. this is, this is two separate things. So the, the wow, <laughs> it's kind of like a synth whammy bar. Wow. <laughs> so is it a, a wow, wow, or is it a wow? <laughs> I, I really like that because it sounds like a drive-by sound almost, but it's like thick and sludgy as opposed to like other like drive-by sounds that we've heard in the past. I like the synth that goes like, um, that kind of feels like Ferris Bueller's day off for some reason. The call and response of hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me. Powerful. And Julie, also, I didn't write the time down, but I think that there's a very slight synth glissando in this song. <gasps> No. Has Walk the Moon done a version of this song? 
Oh, they should. Yeah, they would rock it. But the use of the synth in this song is just absolutely incredible. Just incredible. It creates like a really provocative soundscape. Separate from the lyrics, right? You know, the lyrics are provocative enough, but if it was just an like, acoustic no-lyric version of this song, it would still feel very provocative. And it builds and it drops naturally and it's exciting and it's just a fun song. So it made me think about... So Frankie Goes to Hollywood, the band, made music at a time when music was like inherently politically charged. So they made music to make a statement about much like Eurythmics, the absurdity of life, the horrors of politics, um, the commercialization of music. So this song is much more than just a song about sex. Like it has so many other connotations surrounding it because of when and how it existed when it came out. Their whole first album called Welcome to the Pleasure Dome reflects that. And it was released in 1984, which is like literally the height of of the cold war when the world was on on the brink of nuclear war and, and mutual destruction so of course they're using their art to make a statement and in saying you know it's absurd that that music has to have a certain formula it's life as we know it is just absurd like no one thought that they would live to see the 21st century so i think that's pretty it's a powerful tool being able to make music that makes statements like that And it's just, I mean, just the synth is just so good. Yeah, it's a joy to listen to. It is. And especially given the circumstances in which it was made. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a bright light in a sense. Right. Breaking through all the gray, black nonsense. And I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like songs that have synths in them, they all feel a little sad. A little, like, dark and dangerous and scared mm-hmm. a little bit you know yeah yeah probably because of the time that they were popular and, and the music people were making but at least music of you know 1980 to 1985 was all kind of like that it, it, it's all i don't know if it's the key that they're in or what but it has that that vibe it's interesting you say that lauren too because my pb and jam from last week from bernhoff mm-hmm. his his new song um all my loving i mentioned that in the verses that it sounded kind of mysterious kind of dangerous and i think it is that synth tone or something yeah same with my song that i picked for this week jupiter yeah there's just something a little unsettling about it right right it's uncertain it's uncertain yeah yeah, it's not known. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, Lauren. It makes me think of The Proposal. I love that movie. And and Betty White. <laughs> oh, what a good one. I would think that this song and Sweet Dreams are made of this would still be hits at a modern club or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were released in the same year, actually. Or, I mean, the the albums came out in the same year. Yeah. The 80s were wild. Uh... <laughs> I love how weird the 80s were. Anyway, Lauren? Joy. Thank you for the music. Thank you for the music. And thank you all out there for listening to our show. And if you're listening to this on Patreon, thanks for being a supporter on Patreon. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, that's amazing. If you're a fan and you've joined our Patreon, kudos to you. Yeah, message us on Patreon or on Instagram or whatever. And, you know, if you have any suggestions for some bonus episodes you want to hear, hit us up because we're always open. We are. And when you're not on our Patreon, you you can find us on Instagram at Podcast and on Twitter at Abapod and become a supporter at patreon.com slash TYFTM. But you're already a supporter, so go tell your friends. 
You can listen to other episodes of our show uh, at abbapodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. How about we say it together, Lauren? Okay, ready? Don't, Don't forget, forget to, to rate and, and review the show. And, and as, as always, always thank, thank you, you for the, the music. music. The songs we're still singing. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Lake Effect Snow Warning. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, we're getting it. We're getting it. Five to ten inches of the... (laughs) Five to ten inches of the most persistent lake snows. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) Mm, It's not taking no for an answer.